Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. This is the strangest looking 7-Eleven I've ever been into, (laughs) but um, we are here with Molly Alton-Mullins, who is the CEO and the chief strategist of a company here on Alpha Admiral Cochran Drive called 712 Management Company. How are you? I'm great, John. How are you doing? And Molly and I are sort of old friends. We've known each other probably for 15 years or so pretty going close, back. Yeah. So pretty, pretty wild. But um, we wanted to talk with you on our Business Spotlight series. Um, and I, I got to preface this by saying that I love this because when I can learn something new, I thrive on that. And I have no idea what the hell you guys do. Uh, I know that you are an association management company. We are. And you're not the first person to say that you don't know what we do, including my own mother. Who do tells you know me. what you wait a minute, Before you go in for, do you know what you do? <laughs> some days. Okay. Some days we know what we're doing. Um, so, yes, yeah, so 712 Management, we have been called 711 before, um, is an association. Man, I thought I was original. Nope. nope uh, is an association management company. So, our clients are all various types of trade associations, societies, foundations, and they come to us for management. So, if, say, I'll use um, if you're a lawyer and you belong to the American Bar Association, that's a trade association that provides you with education. They do conventions for you, they do all of your member services, everything that you need to be a better lawyer. So we are a company that manages a bunch of those different types of associations here in Annapolis. Okay, so this so you're strictly located or strictly focused on Annapolis. I'm sorry, our office is located here okay. in Annapolis. So our clients are all over the world. They're, okay. they're national, they're international. Um, we have a couple Maryland-based trade associations, so it runs the gamut on the the types of associations that we service. But. Doesn't it, don't most associations, I guess most do probably do, but because there's not a zillion of you, but what does a, an association management company bring to the table as opposed to managing it myself? Okay, I've got a, a club that's, you know, essentially I've got an association of, uh, you know, cloud watchers or whatever. And I, I've got a board and I've got, you know, maybe an executive director. Why wouldn't, why, why do I need 712? What's that? So what do you bring to the table, I guess? The, the, we call it the AMC, Association Management Company. The AMC model gives you the opportunity to access the expertise of a staff of we have of 25. So when you become a client of 712, when you're a trade association that contracts with us, you have a digital media manager. You have a director of development. You have a conference director. You have a CFO. So you're able to utilize all those resources because essentially we cost share that salary across a multitude of clients. Oh, okay. All right. So I, so I don't need to hire the... Um person necessarily to come up with, okay, I need to design a flyer or, a, you know, an email campaign or something like this to recruit members or something like that. That's something that you guys would handle? We do all of that in-house. Oh, wow. Okay. So what does, what do your clients, I mean, what's this, does your client have just typically a board and maybe an employee or two? Is that the ideal type of a client for you? Well, we've had ideal and not ideal clients before. Okay. Um, but so essentially we serve as their entire staff. So we have a volunteer board of directors that hire us, 
And then we have an executive director that is technically a 712 employee, but they are the executive director of that particular association. So each of us have 15 email addresses that we use and send for each of our clients so that when I'm communicating about one of my particular clients, I'm communicating as their employee, even though I'm still cost shared across the the plane here. Okay. so, So an association does not necessarily have to have their own executive director even. No, we bring all that to the table. It could be a virtual association other than having a board that's, that governs it. And most of our boards are spread throughout the country. So we will get, we obviously now we've been doing Zooms and things like that, but we'll get together a couple times a year with staff, do that interaction, and then we manage the association for them. So honestly, COVID for us has been somewhat of a positive thing because we have a lot of standalone trade associations or a person trying to do it themselves to just say, I need help, I need support. Can we contract with your company? So it's been a good opportunity for us to grow. Well, I, I know that when we were trying to reschedule or schedule this, you were saying you were big into your convention series or your conference time, and it, it took a little bit to get in here. So do you guys actually produce conferences as well? I mean, so you guys are like a soup to nuts type of a organization? We are. In, in, in a normal year, we do between 30 and 50 events a year, ranging in size from a 20-person board meeting to conventions for 1,200. And what is it, what, what's included with that? Is that like making sure that the lunch comes on time to the the flights if you need to organize it for board members to come in and transportation and the entertainment and all, just like everything? So the food is always one of the most important things to make sure Without people are fed, right, right, obviously. Right, right behind the alcohol. Um. <laughs> yeah, make the bar, bar very stocked. Um, absolutely. We handle every single detail soup to nuts. So I have a complete meetings team here. We do all the speakers and programming. We do all the hotel logistics. We do the entertainment. Um, we make sure people are where they're supposed to be. We do all the AV production. Um, so we essentially put on the experience for you and you get to come and enjoy it as a guest. Holy mackerel. How old has this industry been around? I mean, has this been around for... So our company has been around since 1993. Um, we rebranded to 712 in 2017, excuse me. Um, so this model has been around for a while. Um, it's certainly gotten more popular because consolidation is happening in every industry. Sure. You know, people are doing more with less. People are buying other companies. So you're seeing more and more of the AMCs come out there at, because trade associations can't afford to be on their own anymore. Well, okay, let's talk about 712. You said it, it was established in 93? It was established in yep, 1993. A, a husband and wife established it. Uh, it was called Thompson Management Associates at the time. I was brought on in 2016 as kind of part of their succession plan. And the company was sold in 2017 um, to an, an investor who lives out in Ohio and is, you know, kind of involved in some of the strategy with me, but we run it here out of the Annapolis office. Why Annapolis? Because this is where we love to live. I mean, I, why would you want to live anywhere else, John? <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I mean, is that where Thompson Management was initially formed here in Annapolis and they, they were residents of the area? We were. Yeah, we actually used to be over in Horn Point Marina until we moved here. Oh, okay. So. Very cool. What's 712? Uh, I like to say seven I like to say seven days a week, twelve months out of the year. Okay. 
So we essentially are always available for our clients is kind of where but you held off on the 24. We did hold off in the 24, seven, 12, Aver- averting, averting those 3 a.m. phone calls. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we still get some of those. I'm seven, not 12, lie. nine to five <laughs> management. <time>. Right. <laughs> well, that's, you know, and, and I think it's, it's funny that you mentioned that COVID was a good thing for you. Cause I, I won't, I mean, I, I can see where it led people to realize that they need help and they need to figure out a way to make this work. And I mean, uh, and I hate the term pivot, but I mean, boy, everybody had to do it, whether you were a restaurant or any kind of a business. Every company has had to pivot during COVID and figure out how to do it. And I imagine that's where you really sort of shown. But I imagine it was also probably a challenge for you. You said you do, you know, so many events and meetings a year. It, it was last year was incredibly difficult for our staff um, from the events perspective because we drive a lot of revenue from our events. Um, we're also a licensed travel agency, so we get hotel commissions, which we didn't get last year. So, you know, financially, we did take a bit of a hit. Um, but more than that, it was trying to figure out how we can still continue to bring value to our members when we can't get together face to face. I'm normally on the road about 100 days a year. My family did not enjoy me being home as much as I was in 2020. <laughs> My daughter actually said, Mom, it's good to have you around sometimes, just not all the time. So um, I learned that I'm better out with our clients. But um, but we did, you know, a ton of trainings, a ton of other ways to connect with them, just like everybody did. Learned how to use Zoom. Uh, people still, <laughs> uh, you're muted. Like, really, we haven't figured this out yet, guys? Come on. Um, but yeah, I mean, we retained all of our clients. Our memberships are doing well. We started doing live in-person events again this month. So um, we see it going nowhere but up. And I tell you, well, it seems like you weren't as quite as stressed with COVID with 712 management as some of the restaurants were. And I mean, it, thankfully, with County Executive Pittman is able to extend the outdoor dining and everything else, some of them are able to recover some of the profits and the, the revenue that they lost over the last 18 months or year and four months, whatever it may be. But it was just brutal for the restaurants. It was anyone who knows me personally knows that I don't cook ever. And to me, I eat on restaurants every single day around town. There's probably not a restaurant that doesn't know my face. Um, and I, you get to be friends with these people. You get to know them, their families. Um, and it was, it was so devastating to me personally to think two weeks before Christmas, what are they going to do? Um, how are they going to, how are they going to pay their electric bills, let alone buy Christmas presents? Um, so it's, I think, a tough time for everybody. You know, everybody stepped up to it. I mean, there were a lot of grants and stuff for the restaurants that kept the doors open and stuff like that. And you spearheaded a, a, a fun drive, if you will, for the people that would typically be forgotten. I mean, I, I get that a restaurant owner, I mean, what, what can you do? I mean, you can't, you know, you can't keep everybody on when you don't have any customers. And that's just, you know, that's just business. Um, but you you jumped up and and led the charge for them, didn't you? So after, after uh, Kenny Executive Pittman announced the restrictions, we were actually standing here in the office and we were like, what could we, what can we do? Like, can we go donate money? What is it that we should be doing to help area restaurants? And I actually had a colleague say, why don't we create wish lists of what people need and see if the community wants to sign up and donate, whether it's presents or gift cards or things like that. And I put out a message on Facebook that just said, here's our idea. If anybody thinks it's good, let me know. The response that I got to that to this day brings me to tears. It was so overwhelming because everybody wanted to do something. They just needed a vehicle to figure out how to do it. Um, So we ended up, I think it was 50 participating restaurants. They sent us wish lists. And it was things from like paying electric bills to buying a coat, whatever it was. Um, And then... We, I think it was more than 500 gifts were fulfilled. And then we also collected cash donations as well. 
Um, and that was over $40,000. Oh my gosh. So we had the 50 area participating restaurants. We took that money, we divided it up. So we handed an envelope of cash and then a bag of presents to everybody for their employees. So each restaurant asked their employees, Hey, what, what, what do you want for Christmas? What do you need? And I cannot tell you how many said, no, 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 we don't need anything. We don't need it. Or just deal with the back of the house. Don't worry about us. We're okay. And the, the generosity that people had in the camaraderie for each other, I had restaurants asking for gift cards for other restaurants so that they could support them. It was the community just coming together. I will say that I think that the Anne Arundel Annapolis community in general is is very giving, and in in any number of things. And certainly, we you know we really shown during COVID. Uh, you've got your initiative there. I know Monica Alvarado did with the restaurants going there. I know that Jeff Jacobs at Carroll's Creek when he had to lay off these employees that had been there for. Longer than he has been there because he, you know, he somewhat inherited this from his father. But, you know, we're establishing a fund. Anthony and Michael from Irish Restaurant Company, they did the same thing. He said, hey, we're, you know, we're doing this. Can you customers donate to our employee fund? And, you know, we, we need to do something beyond whatever the unemployment that you may or may not be getting, depending on how screwed up the system right. is. Uh, to keep them there. And I think that the generosity of the community, whether it be food drives, whether it be, you know, outright donations, whether it be gift cards to help restaurants is is amazing. It's very heartening to see that neighbors are are coming coming together. I found that uh, I try to walk every morning and uh, part of me was like, oh, this just really sucks because I oh, no, here comes somebody. I must quick run across the other side of the street and avoid them at all costs. But when we were doing that, though. There were big waves across that street, though. It was like, hey, how are you? Good morning. Right. Which was really neat. It was something that we didn't see too much before. And I think that um, people come out of this and they realize the value of human relations a little bit better. And I, I think that's, you know, one of the good things that may come out of a pandemic. Um, uh, bad things, you know, we got to start to wear pants to meetings and stuff like that again. But that's <laughs> only some people, right? No, the Monica, John O'Leary, all the people that you talk about and mention, they are they were so phenomenal during all of that to, to the initiatives that people did. Um, and I do think this community will come out of that stronger. Um, hopefully we can remember to be a little kinder to each other um, and all and a little bit more supportive. Get rid of Facebook and we can solve that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just don't want to read the post. Just keep scrolling. <laughs> Never read the comments. <laughs> right. Just, so this, this sort of fascinates me, though. So, I mean, who do you answer? OK, if you are now the executive director of uh, Widgets and Warlocks, I don't know, association, um, who do you answer? To? I mean, do you answer? Personally, I mean, the board, presumably, just like anybody else would, like any other executive director would? Absolutely. The, the board is, is who are our, our, our leaders here. So as your executive, I'll use the Yacht Brokers, of, uh, Yacht Brokers of Association of America. We have a lot of members here in Annapolis that are Yacht Brokers, obviously. Right. Um, that's a client of ours. And that executive director reports directly to that board of directors to ensure that he, their board is happy, they're getting the services they need. And then if it's, for me, as CEO... I check in with that board quarterly, annually, depending upon, just to make sure that they're happy with their executive and, and the service that they're getting. And that executive director is brought in by 712. Correct. Do you work with people that have existing executive directors? I mean, does they come to work for you then at that point? or We have. We, you know, again, the, 
we've learned to be a little bit more flexible. It's a little bit of a different model than we've always done before. Um, but nobody needs to be always doing what they did before. So we do have a couple clients that have an executive director that we have as a consultant that services that client in particular. Um, and it's worked well. Okay. It, it's been, you know, you, you kind of got to look at what the client needs and what will make them happiest. And then we're able to make that, that shift and create that product that they're looking for. I mean, how large is your largest client? I mean, you, you, I imagine the, you know, the Yacht Council is probably middle of the road as opposed to the American, American Bar Association, right. um, which would have, you know, hundreds of thousands of lawyers. Um, what, I mean, do you range from little tiny organizations to big organizations or is there a point where it doesn't make sense to work with you or it does make sense? There's definitely clients that it hasn't made sense for them or for us financially. Um, a lot of our clients are company-based memberships. So um, they'll, we have, we'll have 600 member companies, but that can have 200 members in each of those companies that get our services and that are part of our events and things like that. So it really runs the gamut um, on the types of clients that we serve and the types of size that they are. I, I admire a company that can sit there and realize and, and admit that, you know, hey, we're not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard because I, I, A, who wants to turn down business? And B, I hate to disappoint people. You know, when you're trying to, this is, it's a big change to try to find a new management company or, or any new business service. And they're putting time and effort into it. And I have to sometimes say, listen, we're not right for you. Because the last thing I want is to get them in here, onboard them, take their time, take my staff's time, and then break up. Have it fall off. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's one of those things. So we want to try to do as much discovery in the front to make sure that it fits with the 712 culture and the way we do business here so that everybody's happy in the end. You know, culture is, is so huge in, in any type of a company. I mean, you look at you know, anybody that hires, if, if you're just hiring, you know, walk in the door and give me an application, you're hired. Um, I think that you're almost destined for failure. And, you know, when you do vet somebody out and you find out that they make it, I mean, obviously you as CEO up here, you said you've checked in with the boards uh, month or quarterly or yearly or whatever it may be. There's got to be a good relationship there. I mean, it can't be this adversarial like, oh, here comes Molly again, or, or Molly goes, oh, God, here I got to talk to board so, still might feel that. Talk, <laughs> talk to, right. That's what your kids say. That's right. <laughs> clients are fine. The kids are a different story. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's got to be difficult to bring on so many different boards. I mean, how do you onboard somebody to bring them into your, your culture, or do you, how do you adjust to their culture? So from a 712 perspective, we have been hiring like crazy. From last, we, when we started in 20, when I started in 2019 here in this location, we had nine full service clients and right now we're up to 14 and some of them are, are pretty sizable. So I've been t finding talent, trying to retain talent as much, much as we can. And I truly believe you have to be transparent from the get go in every interview I'm ever in. As I say, listen, if you don't like fast paced, if you don't like changing every day and doing something differently. If you don't like responsiveness, this isn't the place for you. And I think we've developed a culture that, that thrives on that energy. Um, I, I always joke that we're kind of a cross between a newsroom and a locker room. It's we're an open concept. We're all yelling at each other back and forth. We came back to the office in June of last year because we needed to be in a collaborative space together. And that just worked best for our business. Um, so we've been able to bring people in that, that thrive in that environment and our clients see it and they love it. I would think they would. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a get up and go type of a thing. And again, you look at a, a typical small organization that, 
you know, I know, I know a lot of organizations, nonprofits that so on that have an executive director and I'm sitting there, how do you as a board justify the time this person is? I mean, this person is putting in part time. So the whole, the whole sharing of resources makes a lot of sense. So you've got, you know, one person that could be the executive director of, you know, on paper, if you will, of, you know, maybe three smaller, very small organizations. Uh, yet you might have somebody that does one larger organization. That's where they all focus on, depending on how, what the needs are. Now, does everybody scale down? I mean, is everybody, is, is there a one size fits all type package with 712 or is this, can I pick and choose and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I, you know, the marketing is where I'm really need the help in. I've got my long-term accountant that's been able to do this for me. So we don't really need the whole financial aspect of your, of what you do, but we could really use help on the marketing and planning events and whatnot. Is that something that you get into and divvy it up or do you prefer to have like the whole? I actually have a a new business pitch this afternoon that's in in that exact area where it's certain things that they need help with and they want to see if that can work with our model. Um, It it all depends on the client and we provide our full suite of services to everybody. We never change prices based on what you want to do. So if you need more marketing focus, that's where we're going to direct you. If you need, if you have, we do a lot of certification and credentialing for certain industries. If you need focus on education, professional development is, is your major department. So we give you the option for everything, and then we'll tailor it specifically to what you need from us. Okay, so it's the certifications again. I mean, you, you threw another thing out for me. So this is something, again, that you would work with a certifying agency, like, uh, you know, the people, Microsoft, whatever, certified for te- a technology organization. And you would arrange to have a certification class held at, depending on the size of it, obviously, at the at the organization's headquarters if they have one or at a hotel or something like that and and just handle that all too as well? Absolutely. We will we handle certifications in person. We have a lot of online training that are related to accreditation and certification programs. We have a couple medical clients that need it as a part of their training and, and expertise. So it's all different how it's available to a client, but it's what they need in order to advance their profession. I, I say it over and over again. If we don't provide something that benefits you and your business, then we don't, we're not of relevancy. How do you get the people that you, you talk about medical clients and you talk about you know, lawyers and you talk about you know, yacht brokers and everything else is so divergent of people. I mean, you've got some you know, high level thinkers on you know, one end of the spectrum and you've got some low level thinkers. I don't say that, that sounds horrible, but you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, how do you find the right people to be able to handle that work in the world? I mean, I've got to think that I could work very well in the whole yacht broker type world myself. Throw me into the medical world or the law world, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, we're not in Kansas anymore. How, do, how does that work? So a lot of association management is the same. Regardless of your industry, you still need education, membership, services. You still need programs. You still plan conventions, all that sort of thing. So a lot of what we do transcends the industry. Um, where you see that expertise needed is really in that relationship with your board of directors. So when I work with a board, I always tell them, there's three things I need from you and three things only. I need fiduciary responsibility. You need to make sure we're running this financially appropriately. Sure. I need strategy and governance. So tell me what's happening in your industry. Where are your pain points? Where do you need to learn more? Because that's the information that we then take as a staff and implement the program and services to support you. So that's really where you lean on your board to help you. And then the third is performance of your executive director. How is that person performing? Are they giving you the services that you need? So we try really hard to work with boards to 
educate is the wrong word, but to train them on good board governance so that that relationship works as a partnership and they give us that information so that we can run with it. Do you find that your involvement creates a stronger, better board? And, I, and you're, that's probably going to be a biased answer, but I mean, I, I would have to think it almost would because I, I mean, I hear organizations, I speak with them all the time here. It's like, oh yeah, we've got a board member of 20, we got a board of 22. And I'm like, oh, oh bless so, your heart. You know? So many, so many. <laughs> One of the th- things that I do personally is strategic board training. So even if it's not a primary client of ours, every board, I will do their board orientations. I will do their strategic planning with them to kind of help set the tone and work with their executive director. It makes a huge difference because, you know, every, every board's a little bit different and you don't, we get asked to serve on boards all the time, you and I both. So you want to go in and understand the culture and make sure that it's a good fit for you and that you do your job well. Right. Um, And you got to give people the information to know how to do that. Right, right. And 22 is way too big for any board in the history of time. Oh, 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 oh without, without a doubt. I mean, I, I just finished up uh, Leadership Anne Arundel, and it was funny. We, we, do, we do a group sort of project with, the, with each, each group. And I realized, I said, boy, you know, now I know why I didn't like group projects when I was <laughs> in, in school. You know, it's just, you know, and, and the decision making. And, and we had to work with some nonprofits and it was like, okay, we need to go to the board. We need to do this. And they, everybody had their own separate little <laughs> ways that they're going. And I'm like, would somebody just make a damn decision? Yep. And let's, let's move on. Okay. It's, you know, we made a decision. It's a good decision, a bad decision, or, you know, that's, that's the only way it can shake out, but let's make it and oh, not, not beat it to death. And, and I would think that your involvement to be able to sit there and say, hey, look, you know, we do represent um, or we are. X number of organizations, X number of associations here. We know what we're doing. We know what works, what what successful boards look like, how successful boards act. And it would imagine that you would be able to sort of massage that and guide that on the way to sit there and say, you know, hey, you, you have a 25-person board. This is crazy. Um, you're not forward. So right. let's, you know, let's, why don't we think as we look at our governance, why don't we maybe pare that down to 12? Uh, over a period of time or something like that as as people roll off don't replace them or something and that is that the type of guidance that you might offer if that made sense we try very i try personally very hard to balance between tradition and history and innovation and future success because there is an element of a board of directors where they've given time and talent and they've worked really hard to make an organization and you want to be respectful of that but at the same time you want to show them how to be more effective and it is a little bit of a dance and it does take some time. But for all the boards that we've tried to improve, quote unquote, they've been incredibly receptive because they want the organization to do well. And if you have a board that cares about that first and foremost, everything else is going to fall into place. Sure, sure. I was just listening to a podcast about uh, Steve Jobs and about how he was ousted from Apple initially and then brought back and everything else. And again, it was, it was in, you know, later in life, he realized that, well, yeah, this was the best thing in the world for the company because I was, I was not the leader I needed to be at that time. And it takes, it takes something to understand that when you know, you're on the board. Hey, I'm not being an effective board leader. I'm, not being a, I'm a hindrance as opposed to that. And it's a little, a little bit of tough love, but I yeah. imagine it's uh, not well received necessarily, but it's probably well needed in the, uh, in the, in the long run there. What's your growth strategy? I mean, where are you looking? Are you are you comfortable with where you are? Are you looking? I know you said you've hired a whole bunch over the last year, but I mean, are you looking to grow and move into different markets? Or I mean, obviously, we can work in markets all over the country. Um, but are you is seven twelve looking to grow at this point? Or 
We actually just signed an expansion on this office space this morning um, to expand into the space next door because we're growing so fast. Um, we have recently, we recently acquired another AMC um, that we purchased for their clients. And we have some staff that's actually in Chicago right now. Um, and our goal is to continue to expand that. We've we've developed what we think is a pretty good growth strategy of what we need staff-wise in order to service clients. And we've got great scalability. So when we can onboard a client, and they're normally up and running, no questions asked within the first three months. So we're really excited to bring on new clients and new opportunities. Um, the staff kind of says to me, okay, Mal, where, where are we stopping? And, and I say, well, you know, we'll figure that out when we get to like, it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when the end's in right. sight. <laughs> but it, it's given me the opportunity. Every single person in this office has been promoted. Mm-hmm. They've gotten to take on new jobs, new responsibilities, uh, become better leaders. And I'm, I'm really proud of that, that I've been able to do that for our staff. And every single one of us stuck with us. We had no one, I didn't have to lay anybody off during COVID. So they have a commitment to our clients that, I'm pretty pretty happy. Pretty impressed with, with. absolutely. But you, you talked about the collaborative effort, the collaboration that you have here in the office. I mean, are you looking to manage all of these new clients that may come on with the acquisition and everything else through here through Annapolis? I mean, could you open an office in Chicago or Kansas City or LA or something like that and still retain that collaboration that you see here, or would that be sort of like its own little? Uh, we certainly don't have, know. we certainly see expansion opportunities. Um, they're the the great part of the remote world that we live in now is we can have, I have one executive director who lives in Connecticut. Um, I have a couple sh- staff in Chicago that service some of our clients from there. So we have spread out a little bit. Um, I don't think we'll ever lose the feeling we have here at headquarters in Annapolis, but you know, sky's the limit on where we think we can go with that. It would be on the, based on the client. If I had a great client who says you need an office in Florida, be heading down on a flight. <laughs> down Wouldn't be too bad. Right. It depends, depends where what it is. part of Florida? Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's figure that out. Could you relocate your headquarters to maybe St. Pete? And, That'd be great. <laughs> Little we'll Destin. Do, okay. We'll leave that Ocala to the horses and, and go from there. Well, this is fascinating. I can't believe that I never knew that this really existed or this, this type of industry existed. And I think um, it's, you know, it's, it's a well-needed thing. And, and certainly I've got to imagine it's a huge money saver to the organizations as opposed to trying to fund it themselves. What is your ideal? If you could draw a, an, a picture of an ideal client for me, who is your, your ideal client? What types of people would need... 712 management's services. We've, a lot of our clients are in manufacturing and trade distribution. That's what our company started in. Um, but we've obviously diversified a ton since then. Um, really what makes a client successful is to have a sustained membership base in an industry that has a future. And if you bring me those things, we can fill in all the rest. Um, knowing that, and I would say it's not a dying industry, but knowing that there's there's an opportunity for servicing that particular need of those members and those companies and things like that, we can integrate it pretty well. Um, most of the clients that come to us really need the technological focus that we have here at 712. They need a new website. They need online coursework, things like that. And we offer that. So if you can come to me with saying, hey, we've done okay, but we're tired. <laughs> we really need somebody to help us. That's what we do really well. That's great. And you say you've got right now, currently you've got 25 employees? Yes. And how many are you going to be bringing, growing on to? And I send any resumes my way. Um, we are we're looking. We're always looking for new people. We're always we have a plan in place on where we want to grow based on who comes in, and and it's it's a pretty fun place to work. So we, when people get here, they seem to like it. In my little bit that I've been here, it's it seems that way. 
you know, from the you know from the front desk when you walk in the door, it's wide, it's open, it's. Uh, the CFO comes and gives me an apple. I mean, how bad, how bad can that be? Apples every day from Don. Is, seriously? <laughs> every day he cuts apples for the staff. That's awesome. It's super great. That's a, this, this, you know, and, and that's what I find. This, it's the, and, you know, pardon the language, but the stupid little perks mm-hmm. make a, such a huge difference. Uh, you, don't, you don't need the napping pods in the... We, we, we don't have a dress code. You can come and go as you please. It's, it, it's all about the work. And the staff knows that. And when you hire the right people who believe in that, I don't care where you are at nine o'clock on a Tuesday. You do your work. And then if there's any issues, your supervisor is the one who addresses that. So you give people the responsibility and the freedom to be able to have the autonomy over their own job. The, the productivity speaks for itself. And I, we see it time and time again. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on Well, you. You said you came here in. 2016, which was before the acquisition of 712. So you were, you were under the old regime. I was under the old regime. Um, and it, it's been a great, it's been a delightful transformation for us. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to work anywhere else. Well, it's, uh, well, congratulations on the growth of 712 now. Uh, 712management.com is the website. And the number 12 is the number in the middle there. So it's S-E-V-E-N, the number 12, management.com. Right here on Admiral Cochran Drive in lovely downtown Parole, I guess. Yeah, is Riva-ish Parole. Yeah, Riva-ish. They're going to be putting a big thing right up uh, right where the old Airing building is, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll be exciting to build up that area. But Molly Alton Mullins, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on this. And thanks for tuning me into what it is that you do. It's uh, it's fascinating. And I, you know, who knew this uh, little industry existed right here in Annapolis? John, thanks so much. It's great to see you and appreciate all that you do for this community. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.